Lucas on Life. Hello, welcome to Lucas on Life. I'm Jeff Lucas. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio, and here is a very important announcement. I am ordinary. You knew that, didn't you? Sometimes, as we'll see, people think that those who are in a position of leadership are somehow special, different, uniquely gifted. And, of course, there are some exceptionally gifted souls out there who do make a major impact on our world. But at the end of the day, as they say, leaders and those who follow, all of us, without exception, we're all human beings with faults, follies, blind spots, weak spots, fragilities, fears, and the capacity to make great decisions and ridiculous choices too. But sometimes we forget that. Watching some of the recent Downing Street briefings on COVID, I'm struck by how some journalists immediately go on the attack, expecting those who lead us to just fix this COVID problem. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting that our political leaders should not be challenged, that methods should not be questioned, and certainly lessons learned from mistakes. But when we treat leaders like messianic figures, who we expect to swoop in like Superman or Bruce Willis in a movie and rescue us all, we're surely missing the truth that leaders are ordinary people who are, in most cases, doing their best and who will make mistakes. Now, please hear... Under current circumstances, with people fearful, sick and dying, I get it. Many are in grief and we're angry and we want someone to blame, at least someone to hold accountable. And let me say it again, to be absolutely clear, it is right that accountability is demanded and change is made. But let's also balance that with the understanding that those who lead us are human beings, gifted in some cases, brilliant in others, bumbling in some cases as well, but whether at a governmental leader or in the church, we're all human, and in a sense, we're all ordinary. I glanced at my watch and calculated that I had about four minutes before it was time for me to preach. About to address a leadership conference that had drawn a few thousand delegates from around the world, I was feeling quite tense. I would certainly have to give the impression that I knew something about something. There was just enough time for a comfort break, which is the nice, polite euphemism Americans use to describe a dash to the restroom. Although the word toilet is apparently somewhat offensive in America, personally I can think of better places to take a rest in. Anyway, I slipped out to the bathroom, which had been equipped with loudspeakers that relayed the service. This was helpful multitasking. One could use the facilities and be spiritually edified all at the same time. Very efficient. No time to waste in this church. Suddenly, the loudspeaker crackled and I heard my name. I was being introduced to the conference as the guest speaker, who was coming to give his address now. But I was not. I was in the bathroom, in more ways than one. I hurriedly washed my hands, a good habit that should be adopted by Christians everywhere, particularly during this particular crisis, and noticed with some dismay, and noticed with some dismay that the bathroom had one of those evil hot air hand dryers. Rats. I know that old-fashioned paper towels are probably responsible for the desolation of countless rainforests, and that really is a very serious problem. But I'm just a bit nervous around those dryers, particularly the ones with the infrared eyes that you have to wave at 
in order to make them work? Why do I have to greet a machine in order to get dry and then stand there in a worshipful hands-lifted-up position for what seems like eternity? With hands warm but still slightly damp, I pushed at the bathroom door, which was stuck fast. I pushed harder, but it refused to budge. I kicked it, which didn't help, bruised my toe, and then I muttered something quite bad and felt immediately guilt-ridden for such muttering prior to preaching. But quite frankly, it wasn't looking like I was going to do too much preaching today anyway, incarcerated as I was in toiletry, solitary confinement. Like a Bible-toting rugby player, I barged at the door with my shoulder, but it still refused to yield. This being a charismatic conference, I strongly rebuked the door and commanded it to open with a loud, authoritative voice, right now. This door was obviously the kind that only opened with prayer and fasting, because it woodenly refused. I was stuck, stranded in there, who knows, perhaps forever. And then suddenly, I noticed another door behind me. This door opened freely and was indeed the very door through which I'd entered the bathroom in the first place. I'd been trying to break into the locked utility cupboard. I made a mad dash for the pulpit, face flushed crimson with embarrassment and bemused by the thought that these conference delegates were hoping that I might shed some light on what God was doing around the world. How should I know? I couldn't even get out of the bathroom. All of which serves to remind me, and I hope you, that Christian leaders are ordinary, stupid, thoughtless fellow travellers in the comical crowd called the human race. Perhaps I am just plain stupid, but most of us could probably be used as conclusive proof that we did indeed evolve from apes. There are some leaders who like to give the impression that they are different from the crowd and have graduated from super-sainthood. Their prayers are always answered, their vision for the future is consistently sharp and clear, and they seem impervious to sin and temptation, or so they would have us believe. While I'm depressed by the thought that my whole ministry is based on me being an accomplished idiot, I'm encouraged by Christians who tell me that they find my commitment to reality and truth to be quite refreshing. And then I stop in my tracks and wonder, what are they hearing the rest of the time? Why should being real be so very surprising? Some people elevate leaders to superhuman status. I learned that in yet another bathroom encounter. In the bathroom at another church, a gentleman recognised me as I dried my hands, this time on one of those roller towels where one is required to carry out an extensive search for an unused inch of cloth. Hello, he said. You're Jeff Lucas, aren't you? Nice to see you, Jeff, though I must say I'm surprised to see you in here. What did this dear man think that Christian leaders do about these basic human functions? Pray about them? Leaders who aspire to project a something other than human image need to lighten up and realise that they're still clothed in flesh. And the rest of us need to recognise that those we look to for leadership and sometimes revere are ordinary folk who get tired, fed up, bored, upset and atheistic once in a while. In our humanity, we want to make some people special just because they stand on public platforms or write books and therefore a few more people on planet Earth are familiar with their names. Sometimes this can be difficult to deal with, even in the tiny goldfish bowl that is the Christian world. Occasionally, I'm unnerved by the power of my smallest apparently insignificant actions. Without sounding pretentious, I hope, I'm aware that a few people in Christian circles know who I am. Some think that I'm a so-called famous Christian and therefore treat me differently when they put the face to the name. This can make me feel pressure. 
for I know just how very, very ordinary I am. Sometimes I feel that people would be really upset if they knew the real me. God does know me, and thankfully, he still likes me, which keeps me going. He's the only celebrity worth our admiration. Some years ago, way before the COVID crisis, I attended a small dinner party. One of the guests was a delightful gentleman who carried some rather impressive credentials. Once the foreign minister of Pakistan and educated at Eton, Harrow, Oxford and Harvard, he had played for his national cricket team and was a visiting professor at some of the world's most prestigious universities. He has rubbed shoulders with royals and presidents and is an internationally respected author and lawyer. And he shared some wisdom that we all know but need to confirm. He said, I've discovered that whoever I meet, they're all just people, just ordinary people like us. Amen to that. Let's never forget it. Be honest with me. Do you ever feel just really ordinary? It's not that you have a major inferiority complex. It's just that you're very aware that not only do you have feet of clay, but that most of your body is made of that off-brown modelling material. I had a crisis of feeling ordinary when attending a major leaders' conference some years ago. Even the names of some of these conferences can be rather intimidating. This was called something like Bionic Apostles and Prophets Together for the Universe, or something like that. I made my way to the dining room and sat opposite a lady who looked incredibly mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. She had Woman of God written all over her. She was quietly eating her meal, which had lovingly been prepared for her by the Christian Conference Centre Chef de Cuisine. I immediately felt very ordinary. This woman probably knew Leviticus off by heart and had cast out demons prior to breakfast. I ventured to introduce myself. Um, hello, my name is Jeff, Jeff Lucas. I expected her to look up from her mill, heaven ablaze in her eyes, and say with the authority of the sage, Yes, I know. I saw you in a vision in 1953. She did not say anything of the sort. She just greeted me with a bright hello and introduced herself. Have you had a good week? I inquired, more for something to say, really. No, she said. It's been terrible. Awful, in fact. I struggled to look compassionate and sympathetic, but inwardly I confess, this is embarrassing, that my heart soared a little. Good. Ms. Mighty in God had had a rough week. This meant that she was normal and that all circumstances did not immediately jump to her intercessory command. Um, what went wrong then? I asked hopefully. Why have you had a bad week? The dear lady then described how she had taken her family to the car wash, which I must confess I thought was a bit sad. Come on, kids, let's break the bank and have some fun. Off to the car wash we go then. During her attempt at these mechanical ablutions, family style, a major personal crisis developed. It appears that Ms. Mighty in God had put the token in the car wash, noted the gratifying moment when the big brushes obediently start spinning and the water jets begin to advance relentlessly towards you, and then decided to check that her car window was shut tight. She flicked the handle which came off in her hand and then to her total horror the window fell down all the way, disappearing inside the door leaving a huge gaping hole which would surely facilitate the admission of thousands of gallons of warm sudsy water. All right, maybe not thousands of gallons but quite a lot. They would all be drowned. 
The woman looked around her car in a vain search for something, anything, to put into the gaping hole to prevent her car from becoming a cross between Noah's Ark and the Titanic. There was only one thing that she could find that would provide a suitable watertight seal to place in the window. Her own bottom. I really tried not to laugh, but the very thought of it made me want to lie on the floor and kick my legs in the air. And part of my joy was the release in knowing that, yes, this was a woman who really loved God and had his authority upon her life. And this was a person who, just like me, knew how to do idiotic things, knew how to be absurd, probably knew how to be scared and knew how to do idiotic things, knew how to be absurd, probably knew how to be scared and knew how to be defeated. In other words, she was ordinary. I'm ordinary and so are you. But the extraordinary God that we serve seems to enjoy taking clay pots like us, the treasure of God being in earthen vessels, as it says in Scripture, and using us as instruments for his purpose. That includes a mighty warrior, for example, who was cowering fearfully in a winepress, like Gideon, or a stammering prophet who described himself as a bumbling pre-adolescent, like Jeremiah, and a host of other no-hopers in human terms who ended up as highly effective instruments in the hands of our remarkable God. Are you feeling ordinary? Join the crowd. Ordinary people changing the world. That's bit, sorry, let's go again. Love Shine Through from Tim Hughes. We're all ordinary. That's what we've been thinking about tonight. The truth is that God really is extraordinary. His power is available. Following Jesus is not just about woodenly following a set of rules, but rather it's allowing his power, his strength, the work of the Holy Spirit to operate in us. But that doesn't change the fact that we're ordinary and it doesn't change the truth that we will fail, make mistakes, be fragile and mess things up. Let's, those of us who've experienced the grace of God, let's pass some grace around. Yes, when it comes to challenging leaders, be they Christian leaders, those in national leadership in the government, let's ask difficult questions. Let's call for responsibility, accountability. But as we do so, let's do it even with firm kindness, kindness still. Never forget, we're ordinary. It's God who's the one that really is extraordinary. See you next time. Lucas on Life.